Welcome into the PFF NFL Daily today, breaking down the weakest NFL position groups as we head into the 2021 NFL Draft. It's all brought to you. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 of this weekend's tournament. That's code PFF to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, Sam. Free agency is pretty much over. Still some players to be had out there, but looking around the NFL landscape, our friend Ben Lindsay had a breakdown over at PFF.com breaking down the worst position groups, the weakest position groups around the NFL right now. So I'll have you pick one, I'll pick one, and then we'll uh, we'll discuss who's the what's the weakest position group currently right now in the NFL. For me, it is the New York Jets cornerback room. Um, I think basically the only good player they had last year, Brian Poole, is still a free agent. They don't have anybody to cover the slot. They don't really have anybody to cover the outside either. <laughs> They've got some young guys, some you know talented prospects, but none of them have really shown anything at the NFL level. The one guy who I would be highest on is Bryce Hall, who himself was a sort of low-round, you know, reclamation project slash gamble. I think they got him in the fifth round, is that right, last year? Um, yeah. Had the highest coverage grade of the, the main starting group in 2020, but it was like 63. So the Jets, they've done a lot of good things this this offseason. I think they've made a lot of smart moves, added um, talent at really important positions. The one spot that is still like a massive question mark for them, I think, is cornerback. Yeah, a guy like Bryce Hall is a nice player to have at this point in his career. I think we we really liked that as a fifth-round pick last year. You just yeah. don't want Bryce Hall slotted in as the guy, cornerback yes. one. You want him as four at the moment and hope that he becomes a, a one or a two. So um, definitely agree with the Jets. And, and I think, look, they're getting better at two of the most important positions. Well, they got better at wide receiver corners that other really crucial position that they need to hit at some point in the draft i'm gonna go i mean the houston texans have holes everywhere and their secondary probably is in the mix here too but if you're just looking at a position group their defensive line or their entire front seven has to be up there as one of the weakest and then they lost jj watt you know you're talking about a guy last year who was the guy he was the only guy who was productive against the run or as a pass rusher last season and i look at they're returning starters and Malik Collins with a 39 grade last year and Brandon Dunn in the 30s and Charles Amenahue after a really great start as a rookie in 2019, only graded in the 50s last year. Ross Blacklock, you know, early round pick last year, struggled. So their actual defensive line, you, you throw in the edge rushers too. They have Shaq Lawson. That's the best guy that they've brought in. Whitney Merciless has not been good for a couple of years rushing the passer. I mean, it's really that entire front seven, but specifically the guys getting after the quarterback for the Texans are just not good right now. Yeah, it was already a significant weakness when they had J.J. Watt. Now, with no J.J. Watt, it's 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 a catastrophe. It's like nothing. It's, it's like the Dallas Cowboys defensive line from last year. In fact, if anything, it's worse because they had Demarcus Lawrence. They had some talent there as well. Yeah, I, I mean... I. You make a good point. The the Houston Texans defensive line might be the single worst sort of broad strokes unit in football at any position either side of the ball. And and I I started by hating on their secondary. They've added, this was their weakness, their real biggest weakness, the thing that kept the Texans 
away from uh, you know a potential AFC championship berth a couple years ago against the Chiefs, and then most of last year was their secondary. They've at least addressed that with a whole bunch of pieces, even if they're short term. But yeah, the Texans' defensive line is probably the the biggest one I think for them as far as actual position group. Uh, Mr. Lindsay has all sorts of other teams listed there: the Falcons' secondary, the Colts' Colts' edge defenders. Any other on this list that that stand out to you, Sam? Yeah, I'm going to give you a two because it's the same position group, and I think they're equally inept and in need of a drastic overhaul in the draft. The Minnesota Vikings and the Cincinnati Bengals' interior offensive line. So both guards and center. The Vikings don't have anybody. Um, I think you could say they had the worst starting guard tandem in the NFL last year. Dakota Dozier, Drew Samia. I think they've re-signed Dakota Dozier to start again. Uh, Hopefully not, but at least to just compete again. Garrett Bradbury has been their center, a first-round bust. Um, The Bengals weren't an awful lot better. Quentin Spain should have better play in him than he showed last year, but he wasn't good, and everybody else they had in the interior wasn't good either. So, you know, people are projecting Cincinnati to be maybe in the Panay Sewell sweepstakes, um, a tackle which would give them Sewell and and Jonah Williams or Sewell and Riley Reef, and potentially kick the, the third guy into guard. But they're in the same spot as the Vikings. Those two teams just desperately need to find NFL-caliber interior offensive linemen, and they haven't got any yet. So if you're a Vikings or a Bengals fan, here's what you need to do. You go to pff.com or just Google the PFF NFL draft board. Go and check it out. And it's really handy with the draft board because you can sort by position, as I just did, find all the centers and guards. And here's what we have. Seven players, seven centers and guards, interior offensive linemen, in that top 100 only seven so it might have to be an early pick for both the Bengals or the Vikings if they're going to address that particular spot and I know in Cincinnati where we live now Sam there Mm -hmm. is much debate over Panay Sewell or Jamar Chase or whatever other receiver is there in the first round but I think you've made the point on the the PFF NFL podcast you know, maybe it's the interior. That is a bigger issue for the Bengals. Um, so check out the PFF draft board and check out, uh, do, do your research, Bengals and Vikings fans, on, on the uh, best available players. Uh, right now, it's center Landon Dickerson at 45 overall on the draft board, our number one interior O-lineman. Um, I'm going to add one more position group to the mix, and it, this is one of those I feel like it's been a few years we're talking about this group, and it is the Las Vegas Raiders secondary. A secondary that has had some issues over the last couple of years, and I don't know if they've completely resolved them. And now you talk about a, a new system, right? You have a new defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley there. He's the, the Seattle cover three tree. So when you're looking at those types of players, it's often different from, you know, say what uh, Paul Gunther was looking for in the previous regime. So uh, of the returning starters, Jeff Heath, The free safety, new free safety, 72.8 grade is the highest graded returning starter or or just starting caliber player for the Raiders. But at corner, the big question mark, nobody's over 55. So what are the Raiders going to do this year in their secondary? The Raiders remind me a little bit of, you know, the 49ers a couple of years ago where it was like the 49ers desperately need an upgrade at corner. And for the entire offseason, the word coming out of the 49ers camp was basically, look, We know it looks like a weakness, but we actually have a lot of confidence in our young guys. We think the group we have is going to play better in the future, take a step forward, and the the answers are already on the roster, essentially, was their point. And they were ultimately proven right. I don't know if the Raiders will be, 
But I think they they are going to think the same thing. The change in scheme, the adjustment um, in terms of prototype for what they're looking for, it plays towards the strengths of a couple of guys they already have on that roster. Trayvon Mullen is a, a six foot two big corner. Damon Arnett that they drafted last year in the first round is a six foot two hundred pound corner. They've got big long guys on the outside that haven't really played that well for them, but I think are immediately better suited to the scheme that's coming in there. So in theory, you know, you can project, you can talk yourself into the idea that those guys will be significantly better in this new scheme and take steps forward. And, you know, with Damon Arnett in particular, like we barely saw the guy last year. I mean, between injuries and, and all those kinds of things, he played like 340 snaps. Granted, they weren't good, but he was battling through a lot. I can imagine them saying, well, let's see what he can do in year two in this new scheme. And Mullen has arguably been the best guy they've had. 11 pass breakups last season, a couple of interceptions as well. I think they they will believe the same thing that the 49ers did when they were uh, preaching that kind of patience. Yeah, I could see them actually uh, thinking that and saying that. I, I think it's it's a little <laughs> risky. Um, Jonathan Abram, you could also throw in that mix too at safety. He can play more of that true strong safety role. Doesn't have to play as much uh, at free safety. He has 282 coverage snaps at free safety over the last couple of years and uh, a 31 PFF grade. It, it, it's just not great. It, Jonathan Abram has do, does his best work in the box and there's more of a defined role that I think plays to his skill set. So look, I could see the Raiders uh, thinking that, but I also think you're looking at a division with the Kansas city chiefs and now the Denver Broncos who are really difficult to cover and the chargers with, you know, Justin Herbert chucking it around. It is not easy to cover in that division. So it always has to be a high volume, attack of the cornerback in safety positions. We'll see if that's where the Raiders go or if they do have faith, Sam, let us know. What do you think? What is the weakest NFL position group as we head into the NFL draft? Be sure to go check out Ben Lindsay's article over at PFF.com. And as I said, if your team has holes, you're checking out the PFF NFL draft board. It's the PFF NFL daily. PFF NFL daily.